Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, the unprecedented podcast, if you will. I'm your co-host Cliff Schechter, along with John Aravosis. Hello there, John. Hey everybody. Um, we are going to be talking about talking about a whole bunch of things today: sons of bitches and enemies of the people, and potential World War III, and uh, just so much good stuff. Um, I, I'm slightly sarcastic, but actually I'm in a <laughs> bit of a giddy mood because we are lucky enough to have an awesome guest on the show, a good friend and talented man. Um, we have Fred Wellman. Fred is a Republican, not a Republican, a former Republican. Well, former, yeah, yes, former. yes. Yeah. I gave that right, yeah. That's it. I'm the only non-former Republican on this show right now. Um, I was going to say, a lot of us going around. But I yeah. once, as I say to people, I have to pay my penance because I once a former independent slash Democrat in New York City who voted once for Rudy Giuliani for mayor. Uh-oh. So wow. there's wow. no getting around that, folks. Wow. Um, I, I, owe, I owe a lot for that. But in any case, uh, Fred is, <laughs> is a Democratic political consultant is what he is. Yeah. Uh, longtime veteran, 22 years, I believe, in, in, yep. in the military, aviation. Yep. He wow. flew stuff. He's top gun. Yeah. Um, well, let's not get carried away as a scout, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, uh, he, was, he, he has recently founded something I'm actually very excited about because of democratic lack of messaging. Mm. Uh, it's called the Beer Hall Project. He'll explain it in a little bit. has something to do with that Beer Hall putsch in Germany. It's a little subtle. Fred knows history, uh, as I think we all do, hopefully, who are listening here. He'll talk about that. He's currently also a senior advisor at the Lincoln Project. Um, uh, but that's going to be changing too. And I'll just kick it to him right now. Hey, Fred, how are you doing, man? Yeah, it's great to be here. It's fine. Great to finally join you guys. We are great, greatly uh, appreciating having you on. How about yeah. that? Yeah, I love it. Um, so, well, where do we start? That's um, a good question. Okay, well, you know, let so, me, Fred, let me ask you first, just to kind of get the elephant out of the room or whatever sure. they expressed. I've been mixing my metaphors lately very badly. <laughs> you mean um, address the elephant in the room. There you go. I was going to get the elephant out of the room. It was kind of a George Bush <laughs> malapropism or something. <laughs> we'll just you ride mean, the elephant, give it some well, peanuts, but it kind of worked, whatever. But it worked, though. Um, no, but I, I think, I you know, know, look, this is – we want to talk about the issues of the day and figure out, as always, what we can yeah. all do about them as allies. But I just want to ask you really quick. You know, there was a lot of con- uh, controversy about Lincoln Project. Yeah. Um, you know, you were executive director for a while. Yeah. I don't want to get into it because uh, much because, again, I want to talk about what we can do to – fix our country but i feel like i wouldn't mind you to comment briefly on it since obviously a lot of folks are going to go hey lincoln project sure no i i, I look at my twitter feed every day and get that no it's no worries <laughs> yeah i'm real i'm real proud of my I'm and real proud that's of just from john yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. All my super fans. Uh, no, you know, I joined Lincoln Project. You know, I, it's funny how I came. I, you know, I, it kind of goes to everything, right? I came into politics in a weird way. I'm not a lifetime political consultant. I was a, uh, I was an army officer for 22 years. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I flew. Then I was a public relations guy. I retired in 2010 from that. I started my own communications firm that focused on veterans issues for about a decade. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um and so when the when the pandemic hit, you know, like a lot of businesses, I was I was over leveraged in the nonprofit world. So we had some challenges. Uh, I was fortunate to get the opportunity to run a field hospital in New York uh, mm-hmm. in the early days of the pandemic. Came back from that and uh, yeah, decided to close my firm and look for new beginnings. Um, and and I've I've been I've known Steve Schmidt since two thousand five. Actually, when I was I was General Petraeus' spokesman, and then uh, Steve was. Oh, you were really. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So then I was working for him actually. in Iraq. Yeah. And I was working for him in Iraq and Steve Schmidt came over. This guy I'd never heard of. He was working for Vice President Cheney on a little fact finding mission. And, and mm-hmm. we, we had some pretty good discussions. He actually ended up bringing the vice president over to visit us. Um, as I suggested to visit the actual Iraqi army. So if you Google, uh, Vice President Cheney, Iraqi soldiers, there's a picture of him meeting Iraqi soldiers. I took that picture. Uh, and was so, Cheney looking for facts, Fred, as much as he was making yeah, them up? No, that was great. It was a great, oh man, Sorry, I'll I tell you what. Myself. No, true story. Steve has asked some really hard questions. I, I love the story. I'll tell it quickly. Is the question was how come good things are happening in Iraq and that message isn't making it back to the United States? And I explained to Steve mm-hmm. very directly from the ground, having that be my what third, second or third tour at that point, that if a sheikh in Iraq says thank you to the Americans for this water treatment plant, the water treatment plant would get blown up. The sheikh would be oh. murdered. His family would be oh. murdered. His family in Syria would be murdered. <laughs> and so it's not wow. as simple as getting a guy on TV. And and Steve got it. He was like, you know, I I I wow. really just didn't think of it that way. I said, you know, I said, look, politics, the joke mm-hmm. in DC is that politics is a blood sport, but here in Iraq, politics really is a blood sport. And so mm-hmm. it was a very great conversation. I and I, I, I honestly, because of it, we became we became friends. We stayed in touch for years. We mm-hmm. did business together when I started my own firm. Um, he was kind enough to bring me in some great contracts with GE and their veterans work, uh, Oshkosh Defense and their veterans work. So mm-hmm. so I have no ill will. So when I closed down Scoutcoms, my firm, I reached out to Steve. This is really late. This is July of 2020, mm-hmm. so well into the Lincoln Project. And I said, hey, look, I'm looking for some guidance. What do you think I should do next? And Steve said, you know, come do veteran stuff for us. We, uh, you know, we, we recognize that the veteran and military community is a key pillar in the, the, the Trump coalition. And, and we'd like somebody who understands that community to address it. Um, so I came in the Lincoln project relatively late. If, if you know the history with, of course, the John Weaver escapades, um, that occurred, um, John left the officially left in, in May before I even joined the Lincoln project. So I never even knew the guy mm-hmm. said to be candid, but so I joined and, uh, and we did, we focused on veterans issues. I'm proud of my work at Lincoln project. We, we did some really, um, you know, uh, unusual stuff stuff. We ran ads and stars and stripes and, and the military times, you know, just highlighting the things that Trump had done as a commander in chief that went against the values for which we swear an oath to the constitution. And, and, and I think, I think we made a difference. We had a great, we had a lot of great feedback. No. Uh, I did an ad with Sully Sullenberger. We did an ad with Rachel and Alex Vindman. We did an ad with Mark Hamill that, that really focused on those issues. Um, the Hamill ads, great, right? It was about how absentee voting started on the front lines of the civil war. It was for, so it was so <laughs> Union soldiers could vote. So so it was really great right. to highlight my pet issues. Anyway, and so after January 6th, which is why we're going to talk, um, January 6th really got me. I, I, I spent the whole day, like a lot of folks, staring at the TV angry, much like 9-11, and uh, deleting tweets I had sent because my son was sitting there, thankfully, saying, yeah, you can't send that tweet. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you need to delete that tweet. They, they can't shoot it. Yeah, it was great. It was great to have that, like, that, like, that a good angel on my shoulder saying, yeah, you can't say that. Like, oh, good point. Um, anyway, long story short, I literally, you know, we were going through a transition from a campaign to a permanent organization. I had run a business for 10 years. Um, I had a conversation with Reed Galen, one of the co-founders, and, and that, that, that maybe the next phase, this would be more of a business transition than a, a political campaign. And, um, and, and the, the, my pre, my predecessor, Sarah, lovely lady, um, you know, was ready for a change as the executive director. So, uh, they were kind enough to give me the opportunity to take over as executive director. Uh, and I took over on one February, one February is the day that the New York times broke the story about the scandal involving one of our co-founders. So my, <laughs> so a good my first time, day at the office, oh, huh? 
Oh, yeah, it was great. It was a great way to <laughs> welcome to the team, right? <laughs> um, and 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 so um, you know, off we went. And uh, I've done a lot of crisis communications and crisis management in my career. Um, I, I don't talk about this. I won't want to get into this. But in the end, the, the co-founders, the, the remaining board members, said, "Look, if if you'll stick with us and, and navigate through this crisis, we we would love your help because obviously there's some challenges." I'm. I said, "I'm. I can. I'm not one to walk away from a fight." Um, and, and I, I hired, you know, I helped hire the lawyers, the investigator thing. I hired uh, all the different people who came in and went through our shorts and the you know, financial records and everything to do, to do it right. I, I had a commitment from them. I'm really proud of them for committing to letting me do what I had to do, which, which meant saying no to them a lot. They're, they're strong. They're, these are, you guys are political guys. You get how we are. You know, political operators, we, we're, we're pretty strong-willed folks. And, and I give credit to the co-founders, the, the remaining co-founders that allowed me to do what I had to do to, to address the crisis and, and do it very forcefully, sometimes saying very forcefully no. And I have a lot of respect for the fact that, that they swallowed their, uh, their, their instincts and said, yeah, do what you got to do. So it was, it, was a, it was a tough period, one of the toughest periods I've had professionally in my life because we had to navigate a lot of attacks, you know, death threats. Uh, you know, my, my address was run on the dark web and, you know, I had to buy cameras and guns and it was, it was a very trying time. Um, but we navigated through it. The investigations are completed. They, if you saw them, I won't go into details, but they did show what we knew, which was that, 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 that while some mistakes were made, they, they didn't do the things they were much of the things they were accused of. And, and, uh, and, and on they went. And then when that was over, when the crisis was over, um, I decided to step back to senior advisor role, but with the board, we kind of collaborated and said, let's, let me step back to a so senior when advisor was that, role. Fred? Uh, I became a senior advisor again, uh, back in September, actually. So, um, you became a senior uh, advisor in September and your, mm-hmm. and your, your role as a senior advisor is finishing up yeah, yeah, we've decided to part. We decided to go ahead. I mean, usually said, let's let's move on. I've I've had nothing but great experience at Lincoln Pride. I'm very proud of the work. I'm proud of the work they continue to do. They are partners, and we're collaborating together on the on the efforts we're doing as far like like other organizations like Minus Touch and others. And and uh, but but I'll be I'll be leaving at I'm the end of the end of this month. Your new- yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that, that, in, I in a lot of ways, and that's that's what drove it. I mean, obviously, I got this new project. Um, you know, I was I was recruited called the Beer Hall Project. Uh, it was funny. I, I I've moved to St. Louis. I, I left DC and moved to St. Louis um, Yay, for 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 a girl. Yeah. So my hometown. I grew up here, and uh, and and a, a, a wonderful a wonderful woman I'm dating lives here. And and I said, look, let me come out to where you are. We'll live in the same city. So I came to my hometown, and, and it's been wonderful. I've had the opportunity to meet some great people, especially a lot of Democratic leaders uh, and others, uh, civic leaders who you know have been kind enough to meet with me and in that conversation i met some really cool claire mccaskill alumni who said hey we, we we're, we're we've been thinking about this idea of of, a, of building a pack around the january 6th and and what's occurred since of course obviously we're in missouri um so josh hawley and his role in that is key um the fact that he was the first senator to agree to to question the electoral college results which was key if you if you know that and i the love politics. their logo uh, people it's have a little kids. subtle it's right <laughs> It's well, you know, holding his fist up. That yeah, day. well, we, we did that. I did that on purpose. You know, we it's a it's a dark shadow of Holly. Holly made a conscious decision to be the symbol of that day. He he took that route. He guys know the Capitol. You know, he had to take that route. Uh, it's not the usual route he, to salute those right. protesters. Uh, he decided he wanted that picture of him saluting them. And so we're going to let him have it. We're going to we're going to we're going to make Josh Tully the symbol of that day because he decided to be that. So so the Deer Hall project in itself is 
um, you know, what we saw was this erasure of January 6th, this rewriting the history. And of course, many of us saw almost immediately. There was a great LA Times op-ed within a week from a professor of history saying, hey, this was America's beer hall push. And, and the thing about the beer hall push is a lot of people focus on the violence that day, November 8th and 9th of 1923, Hitler and his his nascent, uh, Nazi party decide they're going to try and take over the Bavarian government, uh, convince the leadership there to march with them to Berlin and take over the Weimar Republic, much as Mussolini had done just recently in Italy. Um, they failed because the the, the, the leadership of Bavarian um, government didn't want to participate. Um, they ended up clashing with local state police and troops and 16 Nazis folks? died. Yep. Yeah. Right. So 16 Nazis died, four police. They're the but what happened with well, the key to this whole story, it doesn't end there. And just like our story doesn't end on January 6th, what happened then was that Hitler did a brief spate in prison, um, a, a luxury suite where he actually wrote Mein Kampf and entertained his Nazi party uh, allies and, and, and planning the plan. Uh, interesting to note, by the way, is his his ally in that pooch. Uh, General Ludendorff, who actually led the fight uh, with the police, uh, wore his military uniform to his trial and was exonerated. <laughs> so there's a lot of history there. Um, yeah, anybody, so, if anybody's ever seen the uh, the Wonder Woman uh, uh, right. series, yeah, Ludendorff that guy is, is General Ludendorff. Yeah, funny, uh, right? Uh, Appropriate. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. But so then, um, so but what happened though was, was Hitler made a conscious decision that that violence wasn't going to be the way, or at least that kind of violence, right? Um, he decided that by manipulating the democratic power uh, levers and the and the information and the press and and using his brown shirts as SA to cause violence in the streets and chaos, that would be his path to power. Ten years later, he's appointed cha- uh, chancellor by Hindenburg. Um, right. took him 10 also years another away. important lesson I like to remind people because I've yep. often seen McConnell as the Hindenburg character or or you could see Mike Pence's it these days yeah, which could. is somebody who is more traditionally a conservative quote unquote right. so oh we can control him we'll, we'll right. get what we want we'll get all the populist insanity that he, he spouts and we'll get all the crazies to support us but we're the you know the true conservatives are in control and of course they were not He's just a buffoon. Ha ha ha! ha. Look at look at his ridiculous mustache. I mean, again, it, it, the, the look. It, the one thing we say a lot, almost to the point of being ridiculous, is well. First of all, our tagline is "It's happened before," and, and the point being that these movements, and it's not just Hitler. I mean, we, we don't want to just focus on Hitler. Um, we, we purposely don't well, have. What's Nazi going on right now? It is. It is Mussolini. Right? It is. It is. Is Duarte? It's. 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 It's Berlusconi. If you've read um, a, a book, I'm yeah, it's Hungary. The oh. book I'm plugging oh. a lot these days is, yeah. is by Ruth Ben Giat. Um, strong men. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had her book. on our podcast. Oh, she's amazing. She's, I was on her she's network. Brilliant. Yeah. She's brilliant. And so if you look at her book, Strong Men, it came out a couple years ago. It's brilliant. And it, it lays it all out. That the And so we, we you know, as, as Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it may have a familiar rhythm, right? And so we do. I'm this sure. or, It wasn't 20 years it gets credited for it, but neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But that's the point, that that maybe this is not history not repeat itself, but my God, you'd have to be blind not to see the well, parallels. And so and that's maybe, where we come in, from. in a way – and that's you guys are so important but maybe in a way and this may be a segue too um we're seeing it right now aren't right. we with vladimir putin i mean right. is it any different than sitting there and watching sudetenland and some right. you know and, oh well there's that's a german population that wants us right. in and right. propaganda and i mean so so yeah with, his, the his, fact his... that we may be on the cusp of world war three with another madman his useful idiots, and and that's the thing. And I think, and then the, the chaos that causes. By the way, the oath keepers, the the the. I just got word from a reporter friend that you'll see a story here shortly. I can I could say it probably, but but there's there's apparently intelligence that that some of these uh, white supremacist groups are, are are talking about attacking our power grid. Um, it, it, it is. 
it, it, yeah, it's insanity right now. So, so we we are focused. So, what the Beer Hall Project is different than now, however, there are groups and there are organizations that have a focus on January six a little bit, uh, more the traditional methods and like getting rid of the 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 guys who the the, the hundred forty seven Republicans have voted for uh, the electoral college decertification, for example. That's I love that, and we're going to partner with all those guys. But we want to do is a little bit different. You know, my partner Cyrus is a uh, is a research guy. You know, we're going to invest in, in three main things: research and analysis, which is going to be doing the polling, doing the uh, doing the focus groups really trying to figure out how do we reach that 27 percent of americans who aren't involved in politics who are sitting on the fence if you will even some uh, some of the outlier republicans that are left saying how do we break through the cultism and and, and have a conversation now, there's some great research in that we're going to read that research too but our goal is to have a messaging playbook we can just give to others and say look this is how you reach these guys and then we're going to educate and that is the, the these historic examples um, i've had some wonderful journalists actually come to me retired journalists say hey we want to help how do we help and so we're going to put these journalists to work doing investigate original reporting you know doing some analysis to uh, share that with some media groups put out videos but more of an educational style instead of more of a activism style you know this is mm-hmm. here's the things that are going on see them for yourself you know these are the facts and then third we're going to do active uh, what we call our activation uh, line of work which is pushing back it's it's partnering with a friend of mine who is has a company that um, is actively infiltrating the proud boys and the patriot front ooh, and, ooh, and and, and wow. undermining their efforts it's partnering with with groups um it's it's going to partnering with groups that are doing the legal frameworks to how do we get around these it's part of my frustration you guys will appreciate that is the a lot of our democratic partners are and our colleagues you know that we're bemoaning these voting rights rollbacks that the republicans are doing uh and they're saying well you know what you got to register more people got to vote and that's true but what i want to do is say okay so here's the law how do you get around it you know you know whatever maybe it's hey the law says specifically you can't give out water to people in line great give them cokes <laughs> whatever that hey, may be hey, you know what i mean yeah. You know, and, and and let's start fighting back. Let's let's get a let's set a good yeah. gorilla handbook of how do activists yeah. in these states get around these laws. I would like Ice. to put the Republican Party on their heels a little bit. I think too often, yeah. right? Too often we're sitting yeah. back saying bemoaning, right? You guys know it's oh this. What can we do? The Republicans are so great. Let's fight back. And and, and we get this a lot. Um, I since I've launched Beer Hall Project, and I'm 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 monologuing here. I apologize. Uh, but one of the things that frustrates me a lot is I see. I'll have a Democrat come to me and say, well, Fred, I think it's, you know, you're putting the blame the wrong people. You need, it's the Republicans to this. We need to fall. I said, great. But it was, I get that. But Hitler was the guy who launched the, the Holocaust. Hitler took over Europe. But it was a democratic coalition of of some – and by the way, some of them didn't get along. Let's be honest. Us and the Soviet Union weren't exactly buddies, but we banded together to fight back. And if we right. hadn't ba- – if we hadn't got together, if we hadn't bit, built the ally coalition and fought back, where would we be today? It's not enough to sit back and say, oh, man, it's all their fault. But you have to fight. And so I'm happy to step up. Um, I've had, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten hit pretty hard for the last two years, obviously. So I'm, I'm more than happy to step up with my partner and say, look, we're, we're going to fight back and, and I'm going to hold people accountable who don't. Uh, so that monologue gets us to what kind of where we are. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's different. What we're doing is different. We're not a traditional pack per se, you know, investing in candidates or that kind of thing. I think, I think, but it is obviously political because of who we are up against. And I'm excited. I think we're different. We're getting some great feedback. The the video we launched with Edward Norton has over almost 450,000 views. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited wow. for a new organization. We went from zero to, you know, I think we got 12,000 followers on Twitter already, which is amazing. Well, so and John I'm, I'm has talked a lot on this. <clears throat> yeah. And you have, and your, your opening video with Ed Norton was excellent. And I cool, just right? recommend really cool. it. Thank Everybody, you. 
watch it because it sums up kind of what awesome. what Fred was saying. <laughs> All John, right, John can think of is, is, is like <laughs> is like the Norton line from the 1970s movies, as opposed to 70s. Cliff, we're talking, I think, 50s there. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. 50s. Yeah. 70s. We hear it talking about a whole yeah. different Norton. You might know, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's so <laughs> great. Different... Edward retweeted it with like a with a uh, with a great like Fight Club quote too. You can't beat it. Edward's just a good man. Memes. Yeah, using those Fight Club memes, you can't. Um, and uh, in, in any case, so I mean, so so you guys have launched or do, you're doing this kind of work. John and I, yes, you know, get exasperated on this show regularly. It's 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 not that even the Democratic messaging is bad. It's that Democrats don't even try. Like there still yeah. is just this sort of inertia <laughs> to actually a willingness to regularly step forward and debrand the opponent by pointing out exactly who they are. Not even lying because right. everything we're saying is the truth. And they'll lie and create issues around things that nobody knows what the hell they are, like Benghazi and CRT and, right. and, and Hillary's emails. They don't know what's in the damn emails. They just know they're Hillary's, you know, and, and yeah, right. they do this all the time. And we don't even do this with insurrection and COVID. Uh, and, you know, so yeah, having yeah. you guys out there, I've said this to you personally, Fred, and I, but I, you know, I'm happy to say it uh, very publicly. Like we <laughs> need your organization and more like it out there because yeah. I don't know this, like, I've said this before, and, and you know, I don't mean this to be ageist. I just think sometimes generational change is important. But it just seems like the leadership at this point of the Democratic Party are, are all folks in their 70s and 80s who seem to, to to remember a different Republican Party. You know, the one that that rejected where the Senate rejected Jeff Sessions because he was yeah. a racist and would make him a judge. And Charles Mathias, you know, this, the moderate Republican senator of Maryland, stood up and said, "I won't support him." And like we don't have that anymore. No, no, <laughs> I mean, there's no it's, it's, Jim it's, Jeffords in there. There's no Olympia Snow in there. There's no you know John Chafee in. Like we don't have those people. Normal, normal, normal. I think it is that they want to return to normal. Everybody, you know, when Biden got election, everybody said, "Oh, good, we could turn to normal." And and I think, and it's not enough just to say this about Democrats. It's also it's also the media, right? It's 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 a lot of our yes. institutions. Like, oh, good, good, we can go back to normal. And and, and look, as I say a lot, you know, normal went out the effing window. When when the orange guy came down the escalator, right? That when he said he, you know, when he said, you know, they're bringing rapists or murderers. I mean, that oh my god, Norm went out the window when he sat at a at a Christian conference and said that John McCain wasn't a hero because he was captured, that he right. didn't like people that were captured. You know, that, and and by the way, the reason I left the, the I, I literally that was I renounced the Republican Party that week, not because of what Trump said. He's Trump, but because so few Republicans pushed back. And so many of my veteran colleagues whom I had been an advocate for for 10 years accepted it. I mean, in any other time, if, if Barack Obama had said something like that, oh my God, his political career, my God, you know, what's his name's career was ended by a, a weird, a weird screech at a, a, a you know, but, but Trump's Trump says <laughs> isn't, that isn't POWs, looking back in time, right. Dean screeched Howard Dean screeched, right. But this guy says the POWs are, are losers. And, and, and literally months later, uh, the, the 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 they they actually had him uh, as a speaker at the ride to remember um the the, the ride in DC on Memorial Day weekend, which is right. dedicated to POWs and MIAs. They literally a group that exists to support POWs and MIAs featured Donald Donald Trump months after saying the POWs weren't heroes. So so I knew at that point <laughs> that the political framework I knew as a Republican Party was long gone, and that this new entity had come out, and and Trump was their id. So. 
for me, I don't mind me. For, it was weird for me to go to the Lincoln Project. I, I've always been sort of a white hack. I, I see myself as a white hack. I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm a soldier. Right? We all think we're all heroes, right? I'm not. I, <laughs> I served with heroes. I did four combat tours. I, I had the, uh, the pleasure of serving combat heroes. I, I lost some, some real heroes were killed uh, under my command in Desert Storm. And, but I, I'll say very clearly that, that I've always saw, seen myself as one of those white hackers. But I do believe that every coalition needs to get that, that one guy. I told some the other day, you guys, if you watch Ted Lasso, and do you guys watch the last? Okay, so Absolutely. second season. Oh my God, John! Get my, but there, if you remember, know, there's try. a great. I, no, no, I know everybody talks about it. Yeah. There you go. It there's is, a great scene very... where where you know Jamie Tart is the bad guy, right? Jamie Tart's this ridiculous, yes. you know, and but but there's this realization in second season where you kind of need that, right? Like every team, if you look at you know, soccer, football, you, there's always that one guy who's a bit of a troublemaker on the team. You need that. you need a guy. Every, every team needs a guy. Yeah. Right. Every team needs a guy that gets he gets in the other team's head. He's he's got some cockiness. He's he's willing to say the things nobody else will say. He's, he's willing to take the red card for the team. And and I think too often our Democratic colleagues they can't they don't have anybody. They're, they well, they they, out, they, out, they oust this. those guys. Right. We we exercise the bad guys. Right. I do feel like this is important, Frederick. We've said I've said this on the show, and I think it's worth repeating. We have some of those folks, and I really do. Again, I feel like. The 70 and 80 somethings who still believe, oh, it'll all be okay with oh, no. the drinks. Oh, oh, yes, you know, yes. like, I mean, Eric Swalwell to me is one of those guys. Yeah. Right. You know, um, Amy Klobuchar showed it the other day when she gave that speech on the floor. You know, Tim Ryan here in Ohio is one of the, I mean, we've got yeah. some of them. The, pro- the problem is, is like they've, in some level, I've been so appreciative that I think that Nancy Pelosi has been an incredible legislator. Like, yeah. she's a brilliant, brilliant legislator, I think, you know, almost unmatched in history. But the, but the messaging operation is awful, you know, and it, it's awful for them. It's awful from from the DNC. I mean, there really is not. There right. is no simple narrative that we are telling about the opposition and fitting in, creating a broad narrative with a couple of two or three key themes and just hitting them constantly on it. And like they're all right there. Right you now. Right. I mean, these people just let us let people 800,000 people basically die. I mean, some of them and, would have and- anyhow. And a the inconsistency of it. I mean, you, you see it in the, in the opposition, and I, I like to say opposition. I would say enemies. I had a conversation with somebody the other day about that. It's like, no, I, if we're ever going to combat together as a nation, we've got to stop telling people we're enemies. I disagree in every possible way with most of my experience. I've had some horrible experience. Even recently, I, I've had a falling out with my own West Point class because of this. You know, it's just, you got to be kidding me, right? So, but having said that, our opposition is very good at getting everybody a message. Uh, CRT is the message of the day. Everybody freaking talks about it. Uh, even their news channels are read in, right? Where we kind of dork around. And, and look, this started for me back when I was a, a public. I came into Army Public Affairs very late. General Petraeus, uh, I, I, during OIF one, I was a Black Hawk Battalion um, uh, executive officer. And I was doing um, I was doing civil affairs stuff around this base called Q West. So I was building schools, believe it or not. In addition to running helicopters, and uh, anyway, I ended up on TV one day. I made the anchor cry. It was kind of funny, and uh, you know, just telling a sad story about the Iraqis. And Petraeus said, oh, you should be a public affairs officer. I'm like, okay. I mean, at this point, I've got like 17 years in the Army, right? And I'm like, all right, I'll just change careers. Why not? Uh, and, and I ended up being a spokesman. And so I came into it very late. And, and I'd been an Army operations strategist most of my career. I'd written op orders. I'd written plans. I'd led, uh, you know, led missions, combat missions. And, and so my approach has always been what I call offensive public affairs. In other words, you know, too often, I think um, the Democrats and, then, of course, even the military, they call it defensive. They they wait to see what's being said about them. Then they respond. Right. It's uh, yeah. oh, well, there's this 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 crisis occurred. Let's here's here's our plan. Response response to query RTQ. Like, 
what about why respond? Why don't we just get ahead of it? Why don't we just start telling our story right now? And and it was so revolutionary. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Like, no, just get it out yeah. there. It's not that big a deal. You know, it's it's gonna get worse the longer it percolates. You know, I mean, if you look at the perfect example is the Patrick Tillman thing, where Patrick Tillman, Pat Tillman got got killed by his fellow troops. The army spent so long sitting on that if that became yep. the scandal that that was the scandal it wasn't i remember i never forget that, that yeah that happens in war it's it happens because he terrible, said some things he said some right. things about not wanting to be so then you got conspiracies you got right you know i i you know i tell a story I, do you guys know that the highest ranking death in iraq was a suicide by a colonel oh no I did not know okay. that. yeah terrible story great man philosophy professor at west point just a decent, decent man um, who was only weeks away from going home, took his own life with this service pistol, locked in his bedroom. Jeez. That, that you know, we had to navigate that. It was the hardest, one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my, in my career, second probably to LP's crisis. And, and, but we had to get it right. And I remember telling my bosses, we're going to put this out now. We're going to navigate this now. I don't want another Pat Tillman situation where there, there's implications that it was, it was something subversive. And there's, that still came out. And his family, of course, is very, was very concerned. But, but in the end, you know, we, we navigate. And, and guess what? It, it, it became a story of a tragic loss, but it's not a national scandal. And and I think right. so when I when I I take that to my political work, my political work is the same way. Look, let's take charge here. Let's let's go after. Well, look, guys. At, you know let's what a great recent what example is. is. You know what a great recent example is, and then I want to ask you a question. But sure. great recent example is the whole thing with Mitch McConnell referring to Americans and African Americans separately. Right. right. For once, and we don't see this often, probably because there was race involved. Right. Democrats stood up and spoke out and created the kind of conflict by attacking him that made the press cover it. That the press refuses to cover all this stuff on their on its own. They should, and in our perfect world, they would. But right. when you create conflict by going after him, and the Republicans get this, so they create conflict about nothing. They, right. they, 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 they that's the system they live in, where the substance doesn't matter. We have to remind ourselves that we can still care about substance, and we should. But we're not going to get anywhere unless we play by the rules of what the media is willing to cover. Yes, we pressure right. them to cover more. Yes, we try to push them. So with that, I want to I want to ask you a question. Sure. Joe, Joe Biden calling uh, calling little Ducey a son of a bitch yesterday. <laughs> in uh, yeah. which yeah. for everybody who who hadn't heard that Joe Biden was was in a press conference yesterday. Ducey asked him, "Do you think inflation will be bad for the, the midterms? You know, as in like, yeah. do you think if there was a nuclear war, people would be upset?" Yeah. I mean, just a stupid ass Fox question. And and, you know, Biden responded by saying, no, it'll be an asset kind of like sarcastically uh, <laughs> and then said stupid son of a bitch, which yeah. in his defense, the Ducey family, I think the name Ducey in old Celtic means stupid son of a bitch. So uh, I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so. So, OK, here's where we get we get to the question. Yeah. Was he was, was that right of him to say wrong of him to say good of him to say bad of him to say? What do you think, Fred? Look, I, I, I laughed, but one of the reasons, you know, one, when people ask me why I was supporting Biden, uh, and 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 I used to say decency, that I don't necessarily agree. The, the, the Republicans love to dig up the, the right wing loves to dig up like tweets of mine from 2012, which I don't think I ever deleted, uh, where I kind of bashed Biden because of my experiences with him in Iraq when he was a senator. Frankly, I mean, we let's say we used to have very strong differences of opinion on foreign affairs. Um, yep. And I'm very public. I was very public. I was a Republican then. But having said that, but the thing I will always say about Mr. Biden, whether I agree or disagree, is he's a decent man. He was he's a caring person. I, I saw that in my own two eyes when I met him. I saw what he said to me. Uh, I'm a widower. I've lost people like he has. 
it was the decency. Um, so while that was funny, I was very happy to see him apologize personally to to pick up the phone and call Ducey up and say, "Look, I, sorry about that. Nothing personal. I apologize." I think that's what we voted for. So I think it's funny, and there's no argument that Ducey is sort of a you know he was a dumb son of a bitch. But having <laughs> said that, what we voted for was the guy who half an hour after saying that picked up the phone and called the reporter to say, "Look, I, it was inappropriate." So so, so we you added, don't see you know, it. You don't see it as um, philosopher, uh, objective media analyst, and all-around good guy. <laughs> Glenn Greenwald sees it, for example. Yeah, this I, was the, that's probably, this was the stuff of my, the Nazis. This yeah, was the Nazis. that's probably why my reply was Lugan Press. I had, this I was, had the, yeah, exactly, and, right. and and that's the, and that's exactly what they're going to do. And by the way, let's talk about what we were just talking about. Every single Fox News show has that running. Every single congressman is saying the same thing. Glenn Greenwald is saying that. Every single messaging carrier for the Republican Party and their propaganda networks is all on message saying, this is it. Look, they're Nazis. This, this is what we've been warning you about. They're yeah. so consistently on brand. You see what I'm saying? So, and yep. so they're taking advantage. And, we, and that's my disappointment with Mr. Biden in this case, unfortunately, is – and the Democrats in general. They keep walking into these – we call them L-shaped ambushes in the military, right? You don't want – you know, you're doop to do Oh, shit. I'm in an ambush, right? <laughs> you know, and, and they keep walking into these ambushes and they can't, and then they, they just absolutely suck at finding their way out. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I went to ranger school as a captain in the army. I was, I was a helicopter pilot when I went to ranger school. I mean, it's a, it's a story in itself. We could talk for an hour about how the hell I ended up as a captain at ranger school uh, as a helicopter pilot, but there I was. But I mean, I learned, I learned, you don't walk in L-shaped ambushes, right? You, you, you fight your way out. You figure out how to fight your way out. And it frustrates me to no end that we walk into these ambushes. We, we, they, we spring the ambush and then we then we sit there and take the shots like oh well you know so it's it is it is incredibly disheartening for for me to see um you know when miss when miss basaki was lovely says things that are bone it's like come on guys you, you didn't see that coming stop feeding it to them um uh, by the same like the token comment, we're not going to give everybody masks it's like right oh, yeah that. you should actually why them. exactly and yeah. then you do yeah. so it, it's just those kind of you know they're just boneheaded things that they're these they're, we're supposed to be professionals i get it but by the same token you got to fight back you know the, the response to the response to the outrage should be the democratic national party or, or someone maybe the msnbc should have a, a roster there should have been a, a, a readout today of every time Trump called a reporter a son of a bitch. Every that, time that's he called him, right? There should have been a readout today of every time, right? Like, okay, I was well, here. to put a list together. And it's like, you know, right. what? I have, a, I have, but they leave to it do. to us. I don't, they, have, they, I don't yeah. have the time to do that. And they've got people on payroll. So right. What do you, there, right. there should be, to, to me, there should there be, you go. I want, I want to hear you on this one, John, because message him. Hmm. There are I've two things that should have been, there should, two things that should have been a response to, as far as I'm concerned to this. One should have been the response of, of as 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 Fred just said, a compilation of every single time Trump said things like that. In fact, I looked it up. Right. The BBC cameraman who was assaulted in in San Antonio, it was a, El Paso, at one of their events after he called them enemies of the people. Um, There's there was another uh, member of the media assaulted in Minneapolis after he made remarks like that. The Times, remember when Katie Turr had to be like right. whisked out with Secret Service because they were scared she was going to be killed because he was attacked her by name. Like right. all of that stuff should have been right, right. out there right. right away. Right. And that's on the, right. that's on one side of things on the other side of things. And this has been driving me fucking nuts. Anyhow, is in a way he gives you an opening because he says this inflation bullshit and we've sat there and watched them run with the inflation stuff. And we never respond with how incredible all the other economic numbers are. Right. 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 We just are like, you're right. no, no, you're, you're, you're wrong. Inflation is 4.2%, not 4.8. I mean, we sit there and have a debate Sensitive. These on our heels. When, when we've right. got the best jobs and GDP and like all these records in like 50 years. Yeah. And like it, that, that should That's have been it. part of the response too, is to have 
So what do you think, John? I'll throw it to you. Well, no, I mean, I mean, that was a lot of different stuff, though, on what <laughs> I, mean, I was listening, but it's just like that was that was a ton. I mean, they suck at messaging. Of course they do. Um, you know, I mean, on the media stuff alone. OK, on the media stuff alone in the last week, some prominent Republican and I'm forgetting whether it was Matt Gates or one of them said that in, you know that they were going to that when they take power. Something about them taking power and going after the media. Yeah. Was it, no, Newt Gingrich said that. He's going to throw the committee members the in January jail. 6th. No, no, but they also threw it. But somebody then somebody then followed up on that and said, we're also going to go after the media and like prosecute oh, I think the it was media. Gates. I think you're right. I think it was Gates. Yeah, I think it was Gates. And yeah. I heard that and went, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, and then, like you said, then you get the Trump stuff. I mean, literally, God, I'm watching this stuff. Some freaking Republican congressman literally tweeted last night and said, Joe Biden's making unprecedented attacks on them. You know, unprecedented yeah. attacks yeah, on them. Asshole. It's never happened yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but I mean, but the thing, but the thing you've got to realize, not you, we've got to realize is they lie. I mean, this right. is what they do, and they've learned it from Trump. Ron DeSantis in Florida is now doing it on COVID. Whole story there. The um, monoclonal antibodies, two of the three don't really work on Omicron. Eli Lilly's right. and Regeneron's just don't work on Omicron. So the FDA right. rescinded the authorization unless you can prove uh, that the person got a non-Omicron variant. Well, DeSantis is freaking out because, remember, he, Mr. Anti-Vax right. has made that solution, whole right. thing. That was his whole thing. Well, he's Treatments. out. But get this, he's attacking Biden and he's lying and saying that there's no science to back up anything Biden. Biden, mind you, it's the FDA, which is independent. Biden revoked it to get even with us and to kill people, even though there's right. no science backing him up. And there's a lot right. of science showing that it works against Omicron. He did a fucking speech where he said, well, I don't really have the data, but we've got a lot of anecdotes. Yeah. They, they know this is pure Trump, but it's not just pure Trump metaphorically. They learned from Trump more than ever that they mm-hmm. just fucking lie. Just lie. Well, he kicked, and he and kicked don't the even barn the doors truth. open to me. What the lie. danger is he kicked the barn doors open of where there were all these guys. They were scared to test it on a national level. They were liars, right? And they right. lied yeah. by a decent amount. They said crazy shit here and there. I mean, I'll never forget yeah. Ted Cruz and whoever saying there was a live baby aborted in Planned Parenthood from that fake video by that crazy oh, yeah. group. Yeah, it's not right. like they hadn't done this before. But Trump kicked the door open to the point yeah. where they now realize they don't have to actually address the truth ever. They can ever. entirely yeah. live in an yeah. alternative universe. Yeah. And that's the point of the Joe Jerry Biden was on vacation this weekend, Cliff. Right. The point of all that is right. in Jim they, Banks' he universe. He kept saying he, that. Right. He can make that comment. Banks can make that comment because he knows yeah. who he's playing to. He doesn't care what we think. The people right. that, that live in that alternative universe will be like, wow, that's true. No one's ever done. I mean, and they're trying to make it so they can win with that minority of people, 40%, whatever it is, who believe they're bullshit. Right. And they yeah. never have to actually move to the middle of them. They never have to never. appeal to anybody else. Right. And that's that's the problem here. And, and we're on our – and again, leaving it to your allies to cover you. It's like just be aggressive. Fight back. Tell the truth. Tell the truth hard. You know, Be be strong. It's constant defense. It, it literally – in that going back to that L-shaped ambush example, hmm. what they're doing is they're just hunkering down in that road. Imagine a road, you know, a dirt road. You've got fire coming in. They're, what they're doing is they're hitting the ground. And just shoot back. It's like, oh, it's okay. The economy is good. The economy like, no, get the F out of there, right? Attack, attack. You, yeah. What you do is you pick a direction and you attack. And everybody runs that direction because they can't stop you, all of you. And, you. and you shoot your goddamn way through and keep going. And that's what we did in Iraq. When an IED went off, we didn't stop and fight. We hit the freaking gas. And you yeah. fight your way out. And my frustration with my new party and my frustration with – and the reason I had to start the Beer Hall Project, and I, I hate to say it, is because is you just need somebody who's going to be the point man and say, okay, we just got attacked. Fight. 
you know, go. Everybody oh, follow, right. follow me. I mean, it's the infantry yeah. phrase, right? Well, I learned it at yeah. Ranger Corps. a statue of Fort Benning. Follow me. Get up yeah. and we, we just need yeah. people to say follow me. And, and no, I and almost I, you feel know, like I, I'm not the honest. I'm not a great leader. I'm just one of them. But but you know, and, and there's great there's great coalition. We just need a bunch of people like you, us guys to say follow yes. me. Let's go. Let's go. Have you noticed I, how as a sorry, as a Democrat, uh, Cliff and, and Fred both? I've talked about this too. Like I this time during Obama, at least, thank God, we had yeah. a White House contact who routinely reached out to us. There was an LGBT yeah. contact I didn't a deal yeah. to deal with as much, but I had lunch with him in in Biden. I don't know who the LGBT contact even is. Never heard of them. Don't even know who it is. Yeah. The There is no online progressive media contact that I know of. Nope. It's been nope. a year now, folks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I never, not only from the White House, but I never, the, the DNC too. I had a DNC contact last time. No DNC contact. Yeah. I don't even get, not only from them, but but I don't get messaging from anybody yeah. on anything. Uh, I, that's, isn't that and the, you know what's so frustrating yeah, about this? I, yeah. John, is that, I agree. Is that, is we're sitting here right now, right? Like between you know, between all of us, Fred's got something like two hundred what twenty thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah. John has yeah. over a hundred. I'm sucking wind at thirty six or seven. But <laughs> point being, <laughs> point I don't being, know why they follow me. I don't know why they follow me either. But it's all right. But but I write for the Daily Beast, which articles get read by God knows how many people. You know, yeah. like we we all have these ways to reach out. And what's incredible to me is. Think about the people that even dwarf us when it comes to this. I mean, for all I know, maybe they are reaching out to John Favreau, you know, but like, but I don't know about it. I don't, I certainly don't know yeah, that they're reaching out to Mary Trump. I don't know that they're reaching yeah. out to Mary Trump, who's got 1.3 million followers or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Think about if, if we put together these two people, John, we've had on this show, Mary Trump yeah. and Malcolm yeah. Nance and, yeah, and right. Asha Rangappa and a list of people that have hundreds of thousands, if not over a million. Oh, we had Rosie O'Donnell on here where she has three or 4 million followers. Right. I mean, Think about if they just and celebrities are important in this because celebrities drive messaging. Just think about yep. if they had like this list of and it doesn't even have to be some you don't want it to be some huge list, sir. Hundred, hundred fifty people with huge, you know, large and huge you know, microphone. Yeah. And made sure that on a, on a day when something happened, every one of them went out there and you said, Look, don't we don't want to use all the same language. We don't want to be fucking drones like them. But everybody put your own use your own words, your own language, but this is what we're saying today. Make yeah. sure you yeah. make these key points. I don't care That's where the Republicans are doing. Make it. You That's can do it on the View. You can right. do it on Lawrence O'Donnell's show. You can do it on on your podcast. You can do it at the Daily Beast. You can do it on Twitter, Facebook. All LinkedIn, those people that appear. All those Snapchat, people that regular. Yeah. Whatever. Every the regular appearances on NBC, MSNBC, all the different CNN commentators. That's look. That's what the why? Republicans are doing. Why don't they That's do why this? the Republicans are so consistent. I don't know. I don't I, – I literally – I'm baffled. And you're right. I've never heard from anyone. And I have yeah. people I know working at this White House from the previous White House. Never were. Matter of fact, I would almost argue it's the exact opposite. The last thing they'll ever do is talk to me because I'm a stinking Lincoln Project guy. Yeah. So I get it. But, yeah. but I you think it's a crazy? missed opportunity. You know what's crazy, Fred? Like I wrote ads for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they right. know who I am. Right. You know, like I wrote ads for their campaign. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not mad at them. It's nothing personal, but I haven't had a, heard a word since since they were elected. And it's, or no, I did. I got a thank you note from somebody high up that was very nice. Otherwise, though, I haven't had anybody come to me and ask me to be helpful in ways that I could be helpful that that just yeah. are what I normally not do once. anyhow, like tweeting. Agree. Writing it, not once. You know? No interest this whatsoever. Is what, this is what normal people do. And I'm sure they reach out to some. Somebody, but and it's not a matter of like that's why I brought up the Obama thing. It's not a matter of all of us are saying we wish we were important. 
we were considered important no. 10 years ago. <laughs> right. We want so to, but, why aren't they reaching out? But yeah, it's, I mean, the I, thing is, it's right. It's not that I'm important, but you're right. These are some big voices out there that, and, and if you get, look, that's what Republicans are doing. Every single guy is in there. Why do you yeah. think the message is so concerned? And, and by the way, here's the thing, guys, Cliff, you didn't just describe anything revolutionary. You described comms 101. I mean, right. let's, okay, maybe 201. I'll go crazy. 210, right? <laughs> comms 210. But I did this as a professional PR guy for my veterans projects. My, my, my client, Vets for Warriors, an amazing nonprofit based at Rutgers University. It's a 24-hour call center where any veteran or military member or military member can call. They're going to reach out to a peer who's a veteran or even a military spouse to be able to talk 24-7. I had a whole list of my influencers and messaging partners who would help me echo their freaking message. Because it was such a great organization. It was run by an incredible former general who lost a son to suicide, lost another son to freaking combat. An amazing group. And I had a group of uh, my friends that say, hey, look, that's Warriors has this really cool thing going on. Can you put it for me? And we get our stuff out. This is basic comms. And, and we're – It's funny, Fred, because I've, I've said this, by the way, to be clear on, on this show so many times. It's, I used the exact same phrase as you where I was like, this is comms 101. It is. Okay, maybe maybe I'll give it to you. Maybe it's 201. I don't know. It's but it's it's basic level stuff of hey, look at those guys. I mean, I do this, I literally have clients hire me to do this in various right. social media or whatever, which is, you know, I, I don't do it cynically about stuff I don't believe in, but every time for gun safety or NARAL or whatever, which is this important study just came out, or this important whatever, can you get 10 important people to write about it at their blogs or columns? Can you get important people to put it up on Twitter? I do that. This is what I do for a living. Now, right. How is it that I'm doing this for the and you guys aren't? <laughs> right. And that's that you just you just nailed it. That's such a great perspective. And exactly. It's like this is what we should be doing. And 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 look, I get it. it's hard to set up. A, but we're a year into this. I mean, come on now. I mean, I, there and there's people that want and we and we look, look at us here. Look at the three of us. We're literally begging to help. <laughs> I mean, who, I know. who who has that? I mean, we're literally saying, hey, people hi. begging to help for free. I don't like, know why. Uh, two, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why 220,000 people are following me on Twitter. I couldn't tell you. But you know what? They give a crap about these things. That's why they follow me because I'm angry and I say fuck a lot. And that's fine. But you know, those are the allies you want. I mean, I would want those allies if I was in a position where I was getting yelled at a lot. I want the guys who aren't afraid to throw grenades. And you're right. It's well, it just, also bucks other people up. It gives it gives all sorts of people confidence because people are looking for leadership and they need yes. people who are willing to step out and take yes. the fire from all these loons on Twitter and say, right. oh, this is bullshit or this is whatever. Like that, well, they've done it. They, they, they've hit me. I mean, I, the, uh, you know, the, the Washington Free Beacon runs an article about me every three months. They got an oppo file on me. Oh my God, I had a bankruptcy. Who th- I lost my business during the pandemic. You got me, you know, <laughs> I, I, whatever. Right. You know, at this point, you know, yeah, I'm divorced. No shit. It, it, it's, it's yes. So, throw it at me. I've been to combat. I've had people, I, I, there was a, I don't talk about it much, but there was a bounty on my head in Northern Iraq in 2003 because we were building so many schools that the Al Qaeda put a bounty on my head. You know, my, my Iraqis came to be like, Hey, you know, they're trying to kill you. No shit. <laughs> okay. That's kind of comes to the that, territory. You, you know, it's like, it, yeah, yeah this, it's like, okay, all right, well, great. You know, I, mean, I know how to handle a weapon. Yeah. My favorite part is the ones who think we don't, Oh, I'm a veteran 20 years in the army. My dad was a Marine. Yeah. I don't have any guns. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and make that assumption. But <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, you know, but, but again, then we need people like us. The, the the good guys need guys like us. And uh, I agree. Hey, Fred, if they, don't, if they don't take it up, they won't. I, I feel compelled to tell you this. You originally said you had a call like six minutes ago. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I should go. Uh, I'm a client. I'm just saying, happy uh, to have you keep fun, talking. Though. I've enjoyed <laughs> having tell, you here. But I'm don't tell him, but I, I'm enjoying this too. So he's a congressional candidate. It's great. I'm very blessed. I, I tell you, it's been a great year, guys. I, and 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 having the experience with uh, Lincoln Project, being able to being able to have a voice that matters. I mean, this is this is a dream come true for a guy who served his country as long as I did, and 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 being able to have a voice and a position to to have these conversations with guys like you, who I have great respect for for years. Uh, I just really appreciate your time and and let me tell the story of this group. I'm real proud of Beer Hall Project. If people aren't following Beer Hall Project, it's at Beer Hall Project. I really appreciate you following us. And, and if you want to throw a couple of bucks, that'd be great because it's a shoestring operation and, and we're going to do some cool stuff. We're going to put that money to work to actually fight back. But uh, I really appreciate guys. the opportunity. Guys, please, please, please support them because I think we just lost John for a second. But he yeah, no worries. Back in. He texted me. But please support uh, what Fred's doing because, again, if we don't have people out there aggressively messaging – you know, it's a tree falling in the forest. It doesn't matter what the truth is. If only one side's doing the talking, even if they're lying, yeah. that's the side people are going to hear. Yeah, so. and that's the thing. We're going to do it, and so I, I really appreciate it. I've actually got this thing. I'm going to plug something personal. I hope you don't mind, but okay. there's a thing. I was, oh, I, was recruit, I was recruiting these guys called Chapter. It's a really new cool thing, really new cool thing. It's like an online book club digital learning group for a month at a time, influencers and authors and researchers and scientists. And you, you get to spend four weeks just like in an intimate setting with with readings they recommend. You can ask them questions and have discussions. It's it's really fun. But I've got one kicking off February 7th about, about just this topic, creeping authoritarianism, you know, the effect of the media the politicization of our military so I'm, I'm plugging that's chapter uh if you look up chapter you can see my class in there it's called chapter person. yeah the chapter app it's really cool uh okay. neil Cattell did it um some really big names have gone in there it's it's kind of neat because you get this intimate setting where for a little bit of money you can you can read what recommended readings and videos and, and have a conversation with these people about the topics that matter i'm, I'm pretty excited they recruited me I'm, I'm looking forward to it so chapter all right well check that out too thanks i appreciate it thanks guys well, thanks I'll for being here buddy Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. I, um, I, I appreciate the privilege to join you. Our pleasure. Take care, buddy. Have a great day. You too. The big question is, can you hear me? Oh, there I, I am. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, no, my mic got turned off for one second there, so I, re- I rebooted in. Um, can you hear me, Steve? My, my, uh, excuse me. Not sure. <laughs> not sure. Um, you know, the, actually, I, I was gonna, what I was going to say at one point, but my mic was off, I think, was when we were talking about how they should be reaching out to people was to give an example. And say pretty much the exact example you guys gave when that should happen with Peter Ducey, and this probably should have been the DNC and not the White House, the Democratic National Committee. They should have immediately come out with talking points. And by the way, they should have already had this memo created showing all the times Trump attacked the media and how bad it was and all the and, and then all the Republicans who have attacked the media so that we could sit there and go, you know, he called the guy an SOB. Yeah, but. But look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And that would be an obvious one. I mean, attacking the media, obvious one. Um, inflation, we should have had a fucking argument blaming Trump for inflation. Now, you've got to say, I care about it. I'm going to work on it. You also say the other stuff's going well. I will say when I've heard uh, Jen Psaki talk about the economy going well, it does sometimes sound like she's ignoring inflation. It sounds like she's saying, yeah, but you know what? It's not that bad. And and I think um, Pfeiffer had done something on this, who was the communications director in the Obama White House, and it said pretty much, you know, you you really it's very difficult to succeed by trying to change the topic to no, you're not feeling the pain you think you're feeling, right? But but then again, you got to figure out how to do it. I mean, they I don't I don't think they're um I don't think this White House is very good at messaging, and I think it's too bad. And again, as I've said before, well, again, I don't I don't I don't think that it, it may be by. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, no? John, is that I don't think it is because none of our organizations are good at messaging. No, the no. The isn't, the DSC yeah. isn't, Biden, Obama's White House wasn't. Like, 
Well, but it makes me think the people who rise to the top in our party for some reason are culled to be people, you know, the wheat, the chef, whatever the hell it's called, the chef. The people who shaft the wheat in the shaft, <laughs> we get the shaft, <laughs> but um, but the people who rise to the top are terrified of of messaging and terrified of saying the wrong thing, is is what I think happens, or or they're terrified that they've if, that, that they may have said the wrong thing and then they backtrack, or well, they may but step think, out, uh, take a step too far, and everybody else, and all the reasonable people, like what Durbin yeah. did to Biden that time when he was like, I don't think we should be using language. I'm sorry. At this point, I know, I know Durbin, you still I'm, believe it came from Biden. And you Biden went to apologize true. to Mitch McConnell the next day. Did you see that report? I did. He also called Ducey and apologized. Yeah. But my point is, if Biden went to apologize to Mitch McConnell and at the same time Durbin is out there so undercutting Biden, it means Biden wanted to send the message that he was I backing think there's off. A good ch- I think it's, there's a very good chance you're right about that. I, yes. I, I'm going to say it right now, and it's going to piss some of you off because I did during the Obama years, but I am the Cassandra of podcasting. I will tell you things that you won't believe. And years later, you're going to go, that guy I got mad at was right. Biden <laughs> the guy I got has, mad at was right. I know Biden has the Obama problem. He caves. And I'm sorry, but you know what really gets me to? And during the campaign, I remember I was a little bit like, what? When they brought up all that stuff about Biden willing to cut a deal on Social Security and Bernie and everybody went after him. It's the same pattern. He gets into these battles and he finds a way to cave to cut a deal. And he finds a way to cave to make things better. And I think he's willing to cave on almost anything. And it scares me. And I mean, again, I'm willing to say this to you guys because our podcast doesn't go that far and wide. But and I won't say it on Twitter yet. But I... I am telling you, it is the exact same vibe I saw with Obama, maybe not even as bad as this. The first two years, Obama then picked it up and became good, which also means Biden could still pick it up and do well in the last in his last I, two I differ years. In that. I feel like actually, Jesus Biden, Christ, I think they came in. Maybe it's because they were still in campaign mm. mode. And I thought they were very good during that. Who, Obama or Biden? Biden during that okay. COVID bill that they got passed and they got some support for from the Republican Party. Yes. Even though it was largely, largely a Democratic yes. uh, undertaking. Um, but yes. I, I thought that, that that did very well. And then something – And infrastructure. That first infrastructure was amazing. But it was with that, that – it was with the whole Afghanistan thing. It's almost like they lost their footing. They were shocked that they were being attacked so harshly, and they cut back on their heels. Yeah. And, I, you know, and, yeah. and they've never recovered since then. They've never had the confidence since then you know, in the way that right. they did before that to me anyhow. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, they, they do have the ability, but again – even with the ability, I still think there just is this hesitancy of we can't say too many mean things because yeah. we might have to work with them tomorrow, blah, 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 in a way that like Republicans never worry about. As I said, Mitch McConnell, if he thinks an infrastructure bill is in his party's interest or in his personal power's interest, he will yeah. provide the bipartisan votes and then he'll walk up to the mic and he'll he'll um, rhetorically slit your throat about how Democrats are communists yeah. and awful and, yeah. and baby killers and whatever for, for some reason – we seem to only have people that argue one or the other. Don't work with Republicans on anything, even if they want to give you a victory yep. or, you know, or, you know or, yeah, or placate them as opposed to how about work with them on things like that infrastructure bill, but also spend every day rhetorically beating the shit out of them. I don't understand why those two things can't coexist because they do for Republicans. Um, and so that's the problem, you know, like yeah. that, that inclination to go apologize to McConnell over making a true statement about what side of history people are on who want yeah. voting rights to disappear when, I'd love to, to to hear about the times that Mitch McConnell uh, went and apologized for things he said. Did he ever apologize for the fact that that he he refused to 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 make a statement with Obama about the Russians interfering in our election? Oh God, I forgot allowed. about that. He ever apologize yeah. for that? My yeah. guess is yeah. not my guess. I would almost bet my life on yeah. no. And that's yeah. the stuff that's so very frustrating. Yeah. And I do again. 
I, I do on some level think that that is generational because I think those guys, that's the way they knew life. They knew that politics was something that even some of their colleagues played and said mean things, but then everything was right. okay. And they don't realize that right. this is for keeps right now. This is a different right. group of people that they actually, half of them believe it. And half of them, if what they say unleashes a mob <clears throat> that kills people, won't stop them. Right. And that leaves, I should have said 40%, now 45%. 50 plus 45, 95, maybe there's 5% of Republicans that have any decency at this point who are elected. Yeah. And that may be giving yeah. him too much credit. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted I'm, to talk to him about, the last thing I've left, mm, we have left, and we've been mm, here almost an hour, so we can hopefully maybe do this mm, just in a few minutes. Um, yeah. We wanted to talk about Ukraine and Russia, and I don't think there's a ton we can add right. to it. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts, John? <sighs> I mean, you can well, see Russia getting from ready. Ted Stevens' house, right? I know. From, actually, the thing is that you know you kind of can't see Russia from the I know. from the peninsula from the uh, Lucian Islands, you but can. you it know, a, it just wasn't a justification for I know a lot about foreign. No, policy. she's a moron. I mean, I, I've said this before. Like it, when the, when it came up at the time, I was a staffer, a Senate staffer, and I had lots of contacts with Russia as a result, including having gone over to Russia as a result of being a Senate staffer in Alaska, because there's so many. Uh, people to people contacts and business contacts back and forth. The, the Alaskans love the idea of doing more business with their, because they're related. The, the natives or the native Americans are, or the native Alaskans, I should say, are the Inuit are related to the people on the way, you know, on the Russian side um, that she's a moron that she let that thing blow up again, bad messaging in this case, Republican, you know, right. she, it should, well, as, as governor, she famously I wouldn't listen to any handlers or anybody yeah. telling her, you know, so I mean, Cliff, I sat in a meeting with the Russian chief of uh, what's his face, the military chief of staff, the guy who was the big bad Colin Powell of Russia when Powell ran our military. I mean, like, it's easy to bring that shit up as governor. I guarantee you she met all these people. <laughs> like, if I right. did as some 25 year old staffer, but she's right. a blunderhead that she couldn't explain herself out of a plastic bag about like, well, I don't know. It's hard. Well, to that's the part right. is that she not anyway. only was really dumb, but she was really inarticulately dumb. That's yeah. A, no, right? any case, so, I mean, she's a moron, but, um, but well, uh, I, I mean, it's worth also mentioning quickly because she's back oh, yeah. in the news again, because she walked into a restaurant in New York having COVID lied yep. didn't tell anybody and it's come out now that she had COVID and went and ate in a restaurant because yep. she again that's the kind of person we're talking that's the kind of morality i'm catching COVID. by the way she's unvaccinated proudly second time she right. got COVID. hey you know well, does she get a free set of free steak knives for the third time or no yeah a toaster um but uh okay. but no so Back with ukraine, ukraine i mean you know <clears throat> at this point only because people keep asking me like on my tiktok too uh, about you know are we gonna is there gonna be a war blah, blah, blah. I think at this point, you've got to assume Putin's going to invade, but he might not. The question becomes, will – look, Putin was trying to get concessions to the West. I think there's still a little bit of a black box surrounding this where we're still trying to figure out what the hell is this guy doing? Because clearly in response, NATO is moving more troops into the Eastern European members of NATO, you know, the Baltic states, possibly Poland and others. And that's stuff that Putin didn't want to have happen. He didn't want more NATO troops moving closer to his border. And that's what's going to happen. You know, we are not going to go to war over Ukraine. That's not going to happen. Um, they're not a member of NATO. And that's also why I think, you know, people, there's a lot of talk of, of security experts saying, oh, my God, what does this say about whether we'll defend the Baltic states, meaning Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, right? Northern Europe, east of Sweden, sort of south-ish, ish. Interestingly, <laughs> I, I didn't, you know, and yeah. I have to admit, like, right, like, mm. I feel like I, I studied international affairs on the graduate level and worked at the, well, mm. State Department a bit and other stuff. I did not know Sweden is actually not a member of NATO, interestingly enough. Sweden is not. No, correct. Correct. Sweden has been flirting with it as is Finland, um, but they're not. So Sweden and Finland are not. Is Norway in? 
Uh, Norway is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I think pretty much everybody else is except Sweden. <laughs> well, I thought I, I thought yeah. all of them were, and then I heard Sweden wasn't. I'm like, huh? No, Sweden, Sweden. I, so I was like, is Norway in, and maybe not in, and maybe I'm wrong. Nice place, but in. Sweden likes to play both sides. Let's leave it at that. Beautiful yeah. country. Been there twice. Uh, I would. Wonderful recommend. country. Very expensive. Norway's worse. Um, but uh, but the no, but for the Baltic states. So the Baltic states, the three Baltic states are the um. Uh, you Latvia, know, if they were former Lithuania. Soviet, Estonia, Sorry. correct, and they were former Soviet, and they are very worried because they're right on the border with Russia, and Russia is always threatening them, and Russia keeps talking about basically Russia keeps threatening to annex them back. In essence, NATO is worried about it because it would be very difficult for us to stop a Russian invasion where they would annex them. Except it would be World War Three because they're members of NATO. I was going to say they're in NATO, so yeah, they're in NATO. So we go to war, and it doesn't matter how many people on the Republicans or whatever, unless Donald Trump is in power, and then they will annex them and will do nothing. But otherwise, it's World War Three if Russia invades a NATO NATO country. So I'm always a little. This is sort of an aside point, but I'm always a little surprised at everybody saying, you know, how Biden handles Ukraine is going to tell the Russians how we're going to deal with the Baltics. No, it's not because Ukraine. And I'm all for defending Ukraine, by the way. I mean, it, not not going to war over it, but but um, but basically, but you're, you're giving you- you're giving an objective analysis here based on facts, not based on right, which is yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm all whether for you're, but, but whether I'm all you're for a member of NATO or not actually yeah. matters because it matters. We will go to war if you are a member of NATO and and somebody invades you. Period. Not it is the will. mutual assured to. destruction. It is the mutual assured destruction of NATO and the reason it exists. And I would support that war. And it is World War Three, and that's what Russia needs to know. But that's why Ukraine tell. But what Ukraine does tell us, Cliff. Maybe I'll throw this to you really quick. But Ukraine does, however, give us a little bit of a window into what we're going to do the day that China finally decides to take over Taiwan. Even though it's a little different, and we I think we've had some treaties and things or agreements, but it's, it's we don't not even exactly the same. My guess is. Sadly, but it's not. We, but it's not we, as much of a trigger as NATO, right? Just the way that that there was supposed to be. A, there was a treaty that said when they yeah. received Hong Kong back from the British, the Hong Kong was supposed to remain independent. And of course, yeah, they waited about ten, fifteen years. I was yeah. there right after yeah. it twenty was now, years yeah, after it was handed over, <clears throat> and it was different. And now, so I, I sadly, horribly, I think China, if it remains the kind of country it is now, will do it at some point. And I don't know that what we're going to do very much because of the fact well, that. It, but there's also yes. economic yeah. factors there too. China owns a lot of our debt. Um, Russia does not. So you know, the the there's well, there the, are trade there are, repercussions back and forth with China. China, right. we could destroy the world if the two of us put massive sanctions on each other. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's you know, different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So. So there's that factor too, but I would. There's also say, semiconductors too, by the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb here. It is huh. quite a limb, um, and then say I don't think in the end Putin is going to invade. I think he was taking a he divided our country in the mm. way that he wanted to with Trump and with other and with right wing Republicans. He still is Tucker Carlson basically right. repeating his talking points. He divided right. the United Kingdom over over Brexit and or and not just mm. the United Kingdom, but but the European mm. Union in a way that he wanted to do. I think he thought at this point and also helped. You know, in certain NATO countries, help get loons elected in parts of Europe and Poland and and in Hungary and supported you know autocrats. But I, I really do think in the mm. end um, that that he did not ex- expect as strong a response as he as the Americans as NATO and, and yeah. Biden's already Biden, look, yeah. Biden put us on war footing, sent troops over there. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're not yeah. we're not saying no biggie. Yeah. Um, what I worry about though is 
and I think this may very well happen is Putin grabs another chunk of land like he did in Crimea, where he took the uh, the, the Ukrainian. That would be my, that's what I would expect if he did anything. He's not yeah. going into all of Ukraine. He grabs yeah. a piece, but and it's, it's still so awful. Uh, don't get me wrong, it, because Pete, I think it's real still live there. I think it still requires the massive sanctions if he does it, because this is the oh. concern. I mean, well, you know, the you know, the issue on this, too, because all the as your historian background, all the experts on TV are saying that, you know, the larger fear here is that we're getting back into a Europe that has been sort of gone since World War II, other than Russia, by the way, where countries stopped grabbing each other's land where borders were sacrosanct. And other than Russia, twice now in the last 50 years or uh, 70 years, excuse me, um, we are we are heading back into an area now where European, European borders are fluid and it's okay to invade each other. And that's really bad. <laughs> it's very bad. I, I mean, it, I mean, we can sum that up in, in a pretty simple way, which is that led to two world wars, not to yeah. mention Franco-Prussian war, not to mention all sorts of other yeah. wars in that area where lots of people died. Well, and NATO, by the way, NATO in World War One. Yeah. Meaning meaning the agreements we've got with NATO, it's not dissimilar to World War One in a sense, or the World War One, from what I know, was much more disparate. Like you had this mutual defense pact and this mutual defense pact and this one, and all of a sudden they all they all triggered simultaneously like a dominoes. Whereas in this case, but it's kind of the same thing though. With this case, Putin does one fucking stupid thing and decides no, you're what right. the fucking part of Estonia and it's World War Three. Because it's a much broader mutual. It isn't like a couple different mutual defense packs. It's kind of like a broader one where we're all. But it's a I'm big saying, one that we've got to defend. Yeah. No, no, I agree. It's just yeah. it's it's a much easier way to, to it's much clearer the repercussions. And I think in World War One, when it was like, oh, there's some ancient treaties. Were they going to actually live up to them? Blah, blah, blah. Here it's like, you know, NATO yeah. is is has always lived up to this to the point of where when we were attacked on 9-11, NATO countries offered to, to, to respond with us, you know, like the, it's been, this has been used recently, right? Section six, I believe it is of, of the NATO, you know, doctrine pact, whatever. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to say, yeah, when you're done. Yep. yep. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say, I think with the pushback that's happened um, um, and that he, I don't think he thinks that it's it's as easy as he thought it might be, and I think it's going to either he's either not going to do anything yeah, or so. he's going to grab a small chunk. I don't think he's going to invade the whole country. Again, I still think small mm-hmm. chunk should be crushing sanctions. Oh, I'm not, I'm of course. Yeah. I think he. I think yeah. if he takes a step two feet beyond the gate into another country, yeah. there's crushing sanctions. Yeah. You don't enable these people because yeah. they only ever get worse. Yep. Let me read a tweet to you, and then we can end with this. But um, this Jesse Kelly guy. Who's kind of big on the right? He's, he's, a, he's a, just just popped up on my Twitter. Did you just see that? Yeah, he's a rabble rouser, but he's a rabble rouser. I want to say he may have half a million followers, and he's you know probably right wing talk radio from what I've seen. But but I want to read this tweet because it gets to this larger theme that I talk about, oh. uh, namely, I'm laughing sorry? because I saw it because you retweeted it. Oh, that's very funny. Okay, there you go. Um, like- let me read the tweet first, and then I'll tell you why this really concerns me. He writes, elections in 2022 and 2024 are not enough. People in various, various levels, mind you, various levels of government and medicine must be put on trial for what they've done. I'm not even kidding. They're killing their own citizens. They're doing it on purpose and they're doing it in plain view. As I have asked many times before, if top leaders of our government and medical establishment were intentionally trying to kill, excuse me, were intentionally killing Americans, 
They literally had a conspiracy to kill swaths of Americans. That would merit a violent response. Right. He is. These guys are putting out a message that merits violence, if it is true. And if you're one of his followers and you're a right-wing nut, of course you believe it's true. So you are now plotting what kind of violence you can do against the government because the government, according to this guy, is literally on purpose killing its own citizens right. and as part of some grand conspiracy to, in other words, genocide. In other words, they're kind of they are kind of alleging Germany in the sense of it's not the Hitler comparison. Don't compare Hitler, but like if it literally is Hitler. Hitler, then you do kill him. Well, right? here's the problem also. If it literally is. Also, also I mean, it's, it's fascist. It's, it, it's not even like, I disagree with them. I think that, you know, right. he's essentially calling for show trials. He's calling for doctors and for people. And that when you start delegitimizing democratic government and instead calling for, you know, and don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not saying when you start as in he started it because they've been doing this yeah. even well before Trump. Um, but when when you're willing to make that kind of a statement, and remember, that's only a couple of days after uh, this past Sunday when Newt Gingrich called for the January yep. 6th committee yep. members to be put on show trials, yep. a guy who literally is a former leader in this party, even though some of us always knew he was a fucking buffoon. But yep. they chose to – that was their first Trump, by the way, and I won't go into it anymore, yep. yeah, yeah, where true. Bob Michael from your home state of Illinois yep. and others decided to make a deal and to win back power – they're, they hated this guy. They laughed about him. Literally Germany. Consider, yeah, they laughed about him behind his back, considered Newt Gingrich to be this mm. man of huge appetites, cheating on every wife, eating everything yeah. in his fucking sight, just as an undisciplined, immoral jackass. Right. But right. He, he used populism and got them support, and they were willing to trade their souls. And that was the beginning. Right. So in any case, so Newt Gingrich says that a couple of days ago. This guy, who you're right, just Kelly, has a huge following, says that. And somebody else, as you pointed out, said the same thing about the media in between. This is yeah. the talk of yeah. fascism. It is the talk of violence to solve to, to solve problems. It is not the talk of democracy. And let me throw in one thing, too, because you just did a nice little thread there. By constantly talking this way and by multiple people constantly, right? We've had three in the last week talking this way. They keep saying this again and again and again. And what happens? The next time there's an election that is is it doesn't even have to be close. Trump's election wasn't really close when he lost. But the next right. time there's an election that's close, you're going to have the same kind of lies come up about we cheated, we did this and this and this. And the listeners, the Republican stalwarts, the the grassroots are going to sit there having been told for years every other day that the Democrats are literally part of a conspiracy to kill you. That this stuff is all been, and now the murderous Democrats are staying in power again by stealing the election and leaving a guy in who's going to continue the mass carnage of murder. And I mean, again, they are what happens they are when preparing, they tell people that, right? Well, no, but my point is they are they're not just preparing for violence; they're doing it in the way that Cliff and I recommend we do messaging, which is they constantly say the same message over and over and over again, and then when the when the spark comes that could light everything on fire, like another election that goes kind of, uh, you know, that gets too close or something. When that, when that spark comes again, you've now had this, you know, this wood <laughs> prepared for the last several years of every day telling people, oh, my God, this is meritorious of violence. This is meritorious of violence. And then people break because the next election isn't like, well, it's the second time this happened. It's the thousandth time it's happened because they've told you every right. day it's happening. Right. This is why messaging works in this case a bad way. Well, right. In this case, it's the repetition of, of encouraging violence and dehumanizing I'm just, your this opposition. just blows me the fuck away. 
it blows me the fuck away. They're killing their own citizens, medicine and government. So meaning with COVID, we're, we are the ones. And this is also the 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 uh, transference. Again, thing. we're the it ones. Just lets you people? understand that world they exist in. Yeah, where they can say that he knows he's talking to a very specific set of people. He knows yeah. mainstream media will all but ignore it because it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be proper yeah. of them to point out that yeah. one side is, is and he's cringe and he always does this. Yep. Yeah, I'm just saying like that. This is what we're what we're dealing with. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yay. I don't have any jokes, but uh Nope. All right, let's go. Uh it's uh Tuesday, January twenty-fifth. Um we'll be back Thursday or Friday. My guess is Thursday. Yes, who knows? Who I think knows? so, but it depends on the news. We like to have depends good stuff news. to talk about. I have to go to the dentist today, an ongoing thrill. Oh yeah, dentist is always fun. Ever since I got uh, a crown so- and then had my of course my root canal my jaw has been hurting in that area because the teeth are hitting incorrectly and it's now been like five months of jaw pain and i'm getting a little annoyed but i uh have torn meniscus in my knee in a way oh no how'd you do oh and, weightlifting uh, I, you butch boy well, I, well no i mean i've got somebody i don't just do it on my own even there's a Yeesh. trainer here who, who i do stuff with but i don't wow. know it, it and and no this is a fun Ooh. account Yeesh. we shouldn't leave people with all this depressing shit but i, I was gonna get an mri early this morning and of course right. my insurance company rejected it and they said sorry you have to do an x-ray first we don't want to just pay for an oh. mri because they don't want to pay for the they don't let me skip to the thing that actually will tell right. us what's going right. on they want to make you jump through a fucking hoop first yeah because so now you can have two you're gonna have two things done then yeah right Wow. So I don't know. It doesn't kill me. I'm hoping it, it, it either is Makes just a, 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 I pulled something or a slight tear yeah. so that it's not like, but who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, knees are fun. Knees are fun. I'd never had anything like this before either, which, so I'm hoping but, that it's not a tear and that, you know. I have a we'll, friend we'll in his out. 50s that just had to have a knee replacement <laughs> in his 50s. He's ecstatic, though, because he was just, he couldn't walk more than a couple blocks. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say anything bad anymore, guys. All right, have fun. I um, relax this week. Yep. Do what you can. Have a drink if you like that kind of thing. Watch a good movie. Watch your knees. Uh, Ozark is back on. Awesome. I watched the first couple episodes. I'm not going to tell you anything except for it's as good as it was when it left. Yellowstone. There's good stuff out there. Go watch it. All right. All right. That's all I've got. Bye, guys. Take bye, it easy. Bye.